Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Garth Ball. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. thinking about this month, you can see, well you can't see yet, but you see behind there, uh, they've got a slide called New. And we thought, what theme are we going to do for this month? And I thought, let's do New, because uh, I really sensed in my spirit as I was praying for this month that, uh, that it would be a really good opportunity for a lot of people in the church to get a fresh uh, hunger and relationship with Jesus happening. And I don't know about you, but I, I sort of feel like 2012 was a bit of a mixed bag for a lot of people. And it was like really good in a number of ways, but then it was really challenging in a number of ways as well. And uh, I don't know if you're happy to see the back of 2012. Uh, put your hand up if you are happy to see the back of 2012. That's more hands than not. Um, so that means that this message tonight should be an encouragement to you. But Uh, I really believe that over this month, that if you are willing, that God will really put a freshness in your spirit because it sort of hit me. I was, I'm, I'm in that same boat, right? So I was, I had a bit of a tough year last year. Some really amazing things. Got married. It was really cool. Um, but there's some other things that were really challenging as well. And so I really think that, uh, we don't want to hit February. You know, with no fuel in the tank, if you know what I mean. You don't want to start a new year struggling. You don't want to start a new year, you know, with the wind out of your sails and feeling like you can't wait for the end of the year. And so I really am hoping and believing that for you, this month is going to be a really uh, no pressure month for you and, and, and not a strenuous month, but in, in, a, in some ways, but in other ways, a real opportunity for you to keep pressing into God and keep um, positioning yourself for an incredible 2013. Uh, and, you know, you hear Pastor Julie getting up here and, and talking about all these great things that uh, people are sensing that God wants to do uh, in, our, in our year this year. And Pastor Phil is getting up and, and, and more passionate than ever of seeing the house of God built. And that's why he encourages us like that in the offering, because... He believes with all his heart that uh, everything that God has has shown himself and Pastor Julie uh, that can happen on this place, he believes it can happen and will happen, uh, which is awesome. So uh, thank God for leaders like that. But this is what I want to speak about tonight. I want to speak tonight about uh, something called, and if I can get my pen happening here, uh, called Spiritual Appetite. Good, we're there. Because I'm a, I've got a conviction in my heart that it's not up there. Cool. That's okay. We don't need to use this if we don't need to. It's on there if you can somehow get it working. I'll just keep writing and engaging myself anyway, so that's fine. Um, cool. Try, so there we go. Anyway, we'll get there. Because uh, I've got a conviction in my spirit that God can do anything he wants, and he can do, the Bible tells us that he can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine, right? But I have a conviction in my spirit that, uh, that, that, that our, the amount of intimacy we share with God and the amount of fruitfulness that he works in and through our life is almost 
not quite, but almost entirely dependent upon how much we want him to do it. God wants to do mighty things in your life. No doubt about it. Hands down, I can tell each and every one of you, whether you're here for the first time or the hundredth time, that God wants 2013 to be a year of fruitfulness and effectiveness in your life. He wants it. The problem I think a lot of Australians fall short is they don't want it as much as God wants it. And uh, i just got a scripture here. Maybe I don't. Um, I don't, but... Anyway, it's Revelation 3.20, and it says this. I can read it to you. It says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. And so I love that. It says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. God is saying to you tonight, knock, knock, knock. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Uh, And then he says, If, 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 if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. You've heard the old proverb that says, uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Have you heard that before? I love that one. It's like God can lead you to water, but he can't make you drink. We're going to get there tonight, okay? We're going to get there tonight. I'm just going to plug away at you, chip away until something incredible is going to happen. So I've got 20 minutes, but before I do, and before I really get into it, let's uh, pray. God, I thank you, Lord, that uh, you have got us here on the first Sunday of 2013 and that uh, your plans for our church, your plans for our uh, life, your plans for our region, your plans for our nation, Father God, are so incredible. And we could be on, we could be on the brink of one of the most incredible years the world has seen. What a thought. And so, God, we just uh, pray right now that you would be with us here tonight. Father God, that you would stir our hearts. Father God, that you would uh, help us want what you want for us as much as you want what you want for us, Father. And uh, I pray right now for this word, God, that you would enable me to communicate it in a way that uh, does you justice, Father. May I speak your words. Father God, may your anointing be upon me. And God, I pray for the heart of every person in here right now that it would be open to receive what heaven has in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. If we don't have that, I wonder if we can get scriptures happening. Can we do that? Or if someone wants to come and grab this so we're not being distracted by that anymore and see if you can get it working up the back, that would be great. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, Let me read you. Turn your Bibles. That's a good old-fashioned way to do it, isn't it? Turn to your Bibles. Uh, Psalm 42, verse 1. One of my favorite couple of scriptures, it says this from verse 1 and 2. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When can I go and meet with God? You've got to know that you have two, type, two appetites in your life. You have a natural appetite and you have a uh, spiritual appetite. And I think this verse here is a real picture of what should be going on on the, ins- on the inside of a- the heart of a Christian. I mean, you hear that, that those, those words, says, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God. Man, who, who in here has that cry in their heart right now? Man, and I'll tell you, in Australia, it's not that many people, uh, I, I'm afraid to say. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? I think that is incredible. And uh, so today, there we go. We're almost there. Thank you very much, Jonathan and team. We go there, give them a hand. 
Uh, let me go down to that scripture now. Where can I go to meet with God? I long for the day where Australians walk into church and throw their hands up in praise as the first verse is being sung. I long for the day when our church, and I'm not out to bash anyone over the head tonight. Can I make that clear right now? All I want to do is get you revived, invigorated for the presence of God to move in your life. And I'm longing for the day when, when we don't need someone to try and stir our hunger up for God, but where people are so hungry for God, they will go after Him with everything that they have before they need someone to come and give them a bit of a kickstart. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so tonight I want to talk, I feel like I've got a word for two types of people in here tonight. One of you will like me, the other one will not like me. Uh, and so I'm going to start with uh, the one who won't like me first. So I'm going to talk you through uh, two reasons why I think, particularly, particularly in our nation, people struggle to have a hunger on the inside of them for our God. I mean, you feel, I go away on trips overseas, and I, can't, I don't know if any of you have been on a short-term mission trip anywhere, and you go away, and you see things, and your life's like, oh my gosh, your eyes are open, there's things happening, and you're like, there's no way I'm going back and getting stuck like I was when, before I left. And then you come in, and there's something about our culture that tries to suck the life and the passion out of you as soon as you come back in. Uh, and there's something about our, na- our nation is the best nation on earth to live in. I love it. It's incredible. But there's something about the West that really uh, sucks the passion and the hunger out of people for God. And so I want to. I feel like there's two types of people in here tonight that God wants to bring a freshness into your life. So let's get started. Hey, uh, the first reason why I think that. And Emily's laughing. I can see Emily Partridge laughing at me because I taught her uh, at school and she's like, his writing still hasn't changed since he was a teacher about five years ago. That's okay. The first reason I think that we lack uh, at times and struggle to find a hunger for God is that um, we eat the wrong food. Now... I'm feeling very convicted as I see uh, Tash and Jamie sitting there, our personal training uh, police officers, fitness fanatics, because I'm about to make some confessions tonight that they are not going to appreciate. Tash uh, wrote a program out for me for, that, I, that I was to do at the gym, and I, and I have done bits of that, Tash, just maybe not the whole lot of it because it was a little bit too challenging, but uh, I've worked away at it. But... We eat the wrong type of food. Just like your natural appetite, you can develop your physical appetite. Let me give you an example about what I'm talking about. I don't know about you, but Christmas for me this year, last year, involved way too much food. Way too much food. I'm getting feeling a little bit better because Jamie's nodding his head, so he may not be uh, superhuman after all. But too much food. I love Christmas ham. Christmas ham is the best. Christmas turkey. Could be even better. No? Shortbread. Anyone? Shortbread. Shortbread. Oh, kill me now. Like, I want it. I'm craving it. My mouth is watering as I speak. Um, But I think the best, the best thing would probably have to be a Daryl Lee Nougat pudding. Uh, Has anyone had a Daryl Lee Nougat pudding? Oh, man, you guys are missing out. One of Jamie's friends just brought six to see her until Easter when they bring, up the, bring out the Daryl Lee Nougat uh, Easter egg uh, because they're so incredible. And, you know, over that time, I even started drinking Coke again. Oh, 
Man, I hadn't had a drink of Coke maybe all of 2012. I don't know. I don't remember the last time I drank Coke. But over Christmas, all of a sudden, I'm drinking Coke like it's water. Now, that's all very well to say, isn't it? It's all, you know, my stomach just loves it. I'm like, this is awesome. But uh, I don't have to ask many of you, and, and nearly everyone in here could say and identify that if I keep going the way I'm going right now, it's not going to end very well. Is that correct? Is that safe to say? If I keep eating nougat puddings, shortbread, ham, it's not too bad in moderation. Turkey's pretty good for you, actually, isn't it? Um, but the rest of it isn't very good. Um, the problem is this, that... Now it's all I want to eat. All I want to eat is shortbread. I wake up for breakfast. I wonder if there's any shortbread left. I'm at, no, I don't really. No, I'm not that. I'm not that bad. It's not that bad. You know, at lunch, it's like, where's the new? Who, told, who took my last bit of nougat pudding? And this terrible. But it's all I crave, right? And I'd like to say it's the first time I've been in this position, but it's not. It's like so often, you know, how long? How, it doesn't take, it takes so long to build up good habits, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, I'm at the gym. I'm going to the gym five times a week. This is amazing. And then it takes like three days until it's like you haven't been for six months. And, and that's a bit of a problem for me. Uh, and likewise, for some people in here, it's been like that with your spirit in the past year. In 2012, you're eating all these sort of things that are taking your appetite away from the presence of God and building it up for the wrong sort of stuff. And I looked up the dictionary of what of, of um, hungry, and I looked up actually the thesaurus, and I looked for some other words and some antonyms, and I found one of the antonyms for hungry, for being hungry, was satisfied. Satisfied. And I think we live in a nation that is so satisfied, so satisfied with many things. And young person, I want you to act like this is SG tonight because I've got to, I, this is for you guys. Because I see so many young people satisfied eating the wrong type of stuff in your life. I see young people getting drunk on alcohol and becoming so satisfied on that that their passion for God is getting sucked out of them. Their hunger for God is being destroyed. I see people, you know, I tell you, social media can suck the hunger for God out of you. You find yourself waking up to Facebook. Anyone find that problem? I find myself, oh, what's Facebook got to say? It's like only barely even awake and I'm looking at what Facebook has to say. Uh, I see people um, and, and festivals for young people. Festivals, oh man, I'm going to this festival, I'm going to that festival. Festivals are so incredible and you've got such a hunger and a passion for festivals and you keep feeding and eating festivals and music festivals I'm talking about, not so younger people. And um, that all you're starting to crave is festivals, music. And, you, and, and idolizing all these things. And a passion for God is being pushed to the wayside. I see adults uh, who are so satisfied with even good things in their life that even a hunger for God is suppressed and not firing like God would have it fire. And so we start to eat all these things and it, you know, we, we, we go, well, maybe we started off 2012 well and up until June we were powering on and something hits your world and all of a sudden you just have a few days where you're, you're eating the wrong stuff and, and all of a sudden your, your hunger for those things are building up and, and, you, and you find yourself, uh, your hunger for God diminishing until the point where you find yourself going, well, what on earth do I do now? I uh, barely even read my Bible, I barely even pray, I, I barely even uh, want to go to church. And that's problemsome in that I think. Um, and so 
let me, let me tell you the types of things that I think we should, we should eat to get our appetite for the things of God back. Because I'm telling you, you can't do what God has for you in 2013 if your appetite for God is limited and your hunger for the things of the world is skyrocketing, if that's all you're desiring. Can't do it. And uh, God's heart for you is to be so hungry for him that you would cry out, like the scripture we read here, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts uh, for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? But let's have a look at this. Two things that I think that uh, you should be uh, doing or or pursuing to consume in your life because what you consume is what you're going to have as your appetite. You're going to develop an appetite for what you consume. Let's just read a few scriptures uh, before I tell you these two things. Look at these scriptures here. I wrote down a few of them. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then in Matthew 4, when Jesus is being tempted, the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, People do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then again we see Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water, natural water, will be thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The first thing that you need to be consuming in your life is really simple. It's Jesus. Oops. Jesus. Prove it, prove it happened. Yeah, exactly right. It's Jesus. And man, we take the basics for granted, don't we? Oh, you're always telling me to read my Bible. You're always telling me to pray. It's because it's the way you consume a relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to be people of prayer. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you uh, how hungry you are for God by how much you're praying. I'll tell you how much God is going to do in the life of this church this year by how many people are standing in that prayer room at 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Because for me, prayer shows God that we're hungry. And it shows, uh, it shows Him that he, we are dependent on Him. It shows Him that we need Him. So many of us live our life as if we can do it on our own. While we're prayerless, while we're not reading our word, not coming to church, we're saying to God, I don't need you. I can do it on my own. I know it might sound a bit harsh. It's true. It's true. An unpraying, non-Bible reading, non-church-going Christian is telling God that they can do life on their own. Um, look at that one. Jesus, in the, in the face of... Of, the, of, of incredible hunger says it is written people do not live on bread alone but every word we need to be people of the Bible we need to be uh, eating the word of God every word that comes from the mouth of God even in natural starvation Jesus said guess what Satan that is nothing compared to what I really need the real thing that is going to sustain and satisfy my life is the word of God it's going to be the Father the presence of God uh, and then even as we um, Oops, I can't. Can I go down? There we go. Let's have a look at this one. This one's, all, this one's incredible. Look at this scripture from uh, Psalm 63. Uh, from here. You, God, are my God. I earnestly, earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I'm going to go like about t- five or ten minutes over tonight because it's like 25 past seven. I'm just building up and we're getting there. We're almost, I'm, just, I'm almost there. I'm just building up to something. 
Uh, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life. I want to tell you tonight if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That the love of God is better than life itself. It is better than anything that you can fill your life with. It is better than any relationship. It's better than any substance. It's better than any pursuit. The love of Christ is the thing that will satisfy your soul, the the spiritual appetite that you have. Everybody has a spiritual hunger on the inside of them. It just depends on what they want to fill it with. If you start feeling a spiritual appetite with natural things, you start getting yourself in trouble. If you start trying to fill a a void of love on the inside of your life with a human being, you're going to get yourself into trouble. If you start trying to fill a spiritual hunger with alcohol or substances, you're going to get yourself in trouble. God has a spiritual solution for your spiritual problem, and His love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied. You can be fully satisfied. You can be fully satisfied with the richest of foods, with love, mercy, grace, friendship, fellowship, acceptance, sonship. You can be satisfied with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. There will be another sign of whether you're hungry and satisfied in the presence of God, your worship. My lips will sing of your praise. Your your worship shows people a whole lot about your relationship with God. Uh, Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is this. So Jesus is the first thing we need to be consuming. And the other thing is this, uh, doing his will. Pastor Phil got up here and said that God has a plan for every one of your lives. For 2013... God has a plan for your life. You might think he doesn't. You might think you passed it. You might think you missed it. You might think you never begun it. But God has a plan for your life. Jesus reached out and touched a lady uh, at a well. Sounds weird, it's not. He, and, he, and he reached into her life and he said, uh, and, he, and he met a need. And he changed her life. And she went off proclaiming uh, he, the goodness of God to a whole village. And they ended up coming and seeing to see what this was all about as well. While he was doing that, his disciples had gone off to buy food. They were hungry. They went to buy food. Meanwhile, Jesus is just getting lost people saved. He's reaching people. He's meeting needs. He's finished with the lady. His disciples come back and it says, Meanwhile, meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Oh my gosh, how incredible is that? They're off worrying about natural things, the things of the world, everyday stuff. And he's, well, meanwhile, he's doing, he's in a kingdom mindset. He has eyes of the Spirit to see what God's saying. He says, guys, 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 you don't understand. I don't need that food right now. I have food that you know nothing about. And he says, then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? Still doesn't get it. He's not talking about food. He's not talking about fish and bread. My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I'm telling you, when you have a hunger on the inside of your life for God, one of the things that is going to bring satisfaction into your world is doing what God has called you to do, is to fulfill the will of God on your life. And until you run for that, I'll tell you what, you can have your great life, no problem more, but until you have the life of faith, that you're running and chasing after everything that God has for you, and you're living life to its full, and you're, and you're, and you're taking risks, and you're stepping out, and you're believing God, and you're overcoming, and you're stepping forward, until you're living that sort of life, 
life, you're never going to be quite fulfilled. But Jesus said that, that I have a food that you know nothing about, that my food is to do the will of him who sent me. You have a plan of God in your life. God has a will for your life. And when you're walking in that, you are going to be fully satisfied in Jesus' name. So that's the, that's the first type of person that I wanted to speak to. You may not like it too much because you're there going, oh, yeah, I'm not really hungry for God right now. And, and, and you're feeling a little nudge on the inside of your heart and, and you've been filling up on all the wrong sort of stuff. You've got a choice to make tonight. I wish it was easy, but it's not. If you're going to fill yourself up on the right stuff, you're going to have to say no to some of the not-so-right stuff. It's as simple as that. I'm not preaching a works-based gospel. I'm preaching the Bible. That if you want to be filled with the good things of God and be empowered and impassioned for, his, uh, for Him and for His plan, then you're going to need to maybe let some of the other stuff go. That's the price of Christianity. And, um, and I could say it's well worth it. You'll never be satisfied while you're feeding on the wrong sort of stuff. It's going to be hard at first. You know, when I, now that I'm, I know what I need to do with my health, do you know walking up the steps of the gym is going to be torture before I even get on the treadmill? It's going to be really hard. Eating like vegetables is going to be really challenging. It always has been, but even more so right now. But bit by bit, you're going to get to a point where you're eating on God, you're praying, you're reading the Word, you're coming to church, you're going to your connect group, you're giving, you're speaking positively, you're forgiving. All of a sudden, your spirit's coming alive and you're not going to even know what you saw in those other things anyway. My dad hasn't eaten at McDonald's for 16 years because he, I made a contract with him and bet, bet him 16 years ago that he couldn't do it and that he'd have to have McDonald's. And he said, no, I don't need McDonald's ever again. And he's lasted 16 years. I can't tempt the guy. He has no desire, no appetite for McDonald's. There's nothing I can do to try and get him to eat it. And I'll tell you what, if you feed enough on God and the good things of, of God, then there's going to be nothing that the devil can throw at you that would entice you to live that way. So... The second thing and the last thing that uh, people that I wanted to speak to is, uh, and another reason, I'll go back up here so I can write it, another reason uh, we lack our appetite for God is that we are suffering from spiritual sickness. Well, that sounds severe, doesn't it? Well, it's not too bad. Let me. Well, it is, but I'll let you know anyway. Um, who knows that one of the, the signs of being sick is that you lose your appetite? You know that? And I remember I came back from Fiji once, and I uh, hate plain food, so I hadn't eaten anything, hadn't eaten anything for ages, but I was sitting up at Wyong Thai with Jamie and maybe Gemma, I can't remember. And I was sitting there going, I should be hungry right now, but I have no appetite at all. Something's wrong. And I remember the girl saying, no, no, you're right. I was like, nah, not, I'm not just not hungry, I have no appetite. I know something's not right. And... Before I knew it, I'm lying in bed with fevers, shivering, and I have two of the worst weeks of health of my life. And I'll spare you the details, but things coming everywhere, you know, it's all bad, it's not fun. And the first thing I knew is that my appetite was gone. That was the first symptom of sickness that I realized. Some of you have lost your spiritual appetite because you caught a bug last year somehow. Maybe a, a circumstance came in your world, or maybe uh, you know, something happened in your life and, and, and some, some situation happened in your life that took the stuffing out of you. 
that, that caused your spirit to be downcast. For me, I faced a little bit of discouragement last year, I'm going to be honest with you. And I got to a point where I was just really struggling to even really want to do youth ministry, want to open the Bible. I just wanted to go back to live the good life, just worry about work, just, you know, marriage and, and, and life. But I knew that something was not going on. This is a scripture that, that, um, that encouraged me in that time. So let's have a look at it. The story is in 1 Kings 19. And Elijah was a man of God who had done some of the most incredible things ever and seen some of the most incredible things. He'd stood against uh, 450 prophets and, 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 and um, threw down the gauntlet at them and, and said, if your God's God, then let fire, if Baal's God, let fire come down. And, and if my God's God, I'll call down fire and whoever sacrifice burns up. And you have to go read the story. I don't have time to go into detail. But he'd seen God move in such a profound way, incredible way. That you would say, there's no way that man could ever lose heart again. He would have so much confidence in God. This is what happens next. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah and said, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. I don't know what your thing that got in your heart last year is. For some people, it's fear. For some people, it's discouragement. For some people, it's bitterness. For some people, it's doubt. For some people, it's division. But something got into his heart. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom brush, sat down and under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Oh my gosh, has anyone ever felt like that? He got to a point where he said, God, I've had enough. I don't think I can do this anymore. And I know I'm speaking to some people here because God put it on my heart. I know some people are sitting here and you've been to the point last year where you said, God, I don't know if I can say this anymore. Just take me now. I've had enough. He said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. Let's keep walking, uh, reading through. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the man of God. Now, what do you do if you're one of these people? What do you do? Where do you start? God just said, Get up and eat. Just start eating. You know when you were sick and, I don't know if anyone else had this, you were sick at home and, and, and your mum would come in and bring you Vegemite toast. Anyone had that? Or something similar, like soup or something, I don't know, whatever it was for you. Veggie soup. Me, it was, it was toast with Vegemite. And it was just like, all you could do was just like nibble away. It's just like, oh, I'm so not hungry. And it's like, no, you've got to do it. You've got to get your strength back. You've got to, you've got to eat. This is good for you. It's going to help you. It's going to make you better. Oh, uh, yeah, and you just keep nibbling away. This is what Elijah was like. God said, get up and eat. And he got up and ate, and then he lay down again. And he's gone, well, that did nothing. What good's that? But wait, then he said a second time, he said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. You know, the journey for 2013 is too much for you in your own strength. You need sustenance from heaven to get you through what you went through and bring you into a greater place in 2013. And he says, no, 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 you don't get Elijah. Get up, 
and eat. And the journey is too much for you. And he got up and ate and drank. And get this, strengthened by that food. He traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. I'm telling you now, your destination this year is Horeb, the mountain of God. Your destination is a place of God's presence, the place of divine encounter. It's a place of relationship. It's a place of God moving in your life. And if you just keep getting up and eating, if you can just keep getting up and eating, then sooner or later, strengthened by that food, you're going to be able to get up and you're going to have the strength that it takes to push forward to the presence of God and into the presence of God. is the word that I have for for someone in here, that if you can just keep going, now is not the time to stop serving. You don't stop serving if you're feeling down and out. You don't stop serving if you're feeling down, oh no, I just need a break. No, you don't, because my food is to do the will of God. That's the thing that's going to bring strength and sustenance into your life. Some people say, oh no, I need need a break from God. I'm just going to have some time out. No, no, no. You can have a break from a lot of things, but you can't have a break from God. January, my goodness, December, January is not a time to have a break from God. Break from work. Break from whatever, mowing the lawns. Break from whatever. I don't know what it is that you need to break from. Break from anything, but now is the time to press into God, not away from God. You must, in January, press into God. You might say, oh, I just need a break from church. People are, you know, people have said mean things about me at church. And um, Pastor Phil told me I should give my money. So guess what? You don't need a break from church, ever. 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 Never do you need a break from church. Anyone who comes up and says you need a break from church, I'll need to slap you across the face. I'm sorry. It'll be in love, but I love you. But you don't need a break from church. Don't say, I just need a break. Now is your time where you just little by little, you just need to keep walking. You just need to pick that Bible up and just eat one scripture. Just like, oh God, I can't even barely open this thing. It feels like the pages are glued shut. But, but if I can just open it and just get one scripture, just like, oh, how my soul longs for the living God. Oh no, it doesn't. But yes, it does. Come on, just read it again. And you just get up. And if I can just pray one prayer, you don't have to be Pastor Phil and get up here and declare all sorts of incredible things and, and, and be act all full of faith. If you can just get up and pray one word, God, help me. God, I need you. God, I can't do it without you. God, strengthen me again. God, renew my heart again. If you can just do that, if you can just do that. See, the Bible says doesn't feel, don't feel fear. It doesn't say don't feel doubt. It doesn't say don't feel discouragement. It says be strong and courageous. It says do not fear, for I have not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but a, power, a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. It says I've, I've given you faith that can overcome every doubt that you feel. And so if you can just... Strengthen yourself in God somehow, some way. If that's you here tonight, I know this is a word for someone. If you can just get up and eat and start bit by bit, I'm telling you, sooner or later, one day, you are going to hit a point where you're strengthened by that food and you're on your way to the presence of God. For me, yeah, for me, it was in the back room one night and Pastor Phil said, can you host and do an offering? I was like, oh my God, it's the last thing I feel like doing. And of course I said, yeah, for sure, I can do that. No worries at all. And on the inside, I'm like, oh, it's nothing. I, I feel like doing less right now. Then something came alive. I don't know what it was. It was like, you just do what you do and you just keep eating, you keep serving, you keep doing your thing. Then something switched on. I got this, this hunger again. And I was like, oh, what's that? I haven't felt that one for a little while. That's pretty cool. I wish, you know, what's this? Oh, maybe it'll go again. And, and then I'm in worship. I'm feeling presence. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm, I'm feeling God again. I can, I've got strength again. And, you know, it's not... Always instantly, but bit by bit, as you just keep getting up and eating, keep believing God, then it's all good. I wonder if the ushers can, if we have, do we have communion ready? That's 
Great, ushers can start handing that around and Lisa can come up and, and play for me because I'm almost done. Um, and so we're going to take communion together tonight. My heart is that, actually, I might just get for a minute, not the band, just Lisa, if that's all right, because I think there's band members that I'd love to be a part of this. And I know it's more atmosphere and it's more awesome with the band, but we'll get them eventually. Um, Lisa's basically, she doesn't need any help. She's awesome. She's, Lisa, you're, you, that song you led today was incredible. You just, yeah. man, amazing. There's going to be four types of people here tonight. Without a shadow of a doubt, I can tell you, four types of people. There's going to be people who have been feeding on the wrong stuff and your appetite for God is gone. You're in the same boat. You need to start eating right. It's going to be hard for a little while. But if you can just keep eating, turn up the church, hanging around the right people, saying no to some things, then yeah, hunger for God is going to come skyrocketing back to you. There's people here who have been hurt. Last year, somehow, stole your appetite for God. God needs you to get it back for the things He has in plan for you for this year. You can't live in 2012. It's a new day. January is going to be a month of refreshing for people's lives. I'll tell you right now second type of person. Third type of person, you're doing awesome and you're going to keep doing awesome and you want to make a fresh commitment to go, yeah, God, 2013, I'm in. I want to keep going. I want to keep going. Fourth, you're not moved by what I've said and you don't want God. That's okay. I can't help you. The first three, I can help. I can't help you, last person. I'm sorry. But if anyone in here has a remote uh, bit of hunger for God, if you want to get back on that track, if you want to step up and find your strength again, or if you want to just make a renewed commitment to God, then I believe that tonight there's going to be an impartation for that to happen in your life. And so what we're going to do is once our communion is handed out, what I'd really love to do is that uh, what we're going to do is grab our communion and we're going to come down the front here and take it together. But, but when we do, just before you move, but, but, but when you do, I want this to be a real divine... This is not something I can do for you. Being hungry and developing a hunger for God is only something you can do for yourself with, with the grace of God, of course. And so when we come down, I want you to just spend a few minutes and be real with God. And I want you to just stand on the altar. I think this altar is going to be fresh again on 2013. I think people are going to make the most of down the front and have some great time with God. But I want you to come down the front and I want you to do some time with God and just just for a short few moments before you take communion, say God and, and pour out your heart to Him. You might feel like you don't have the strength. You don't. But the food that God offers does. Jesus Christ, presence of God, His Word, community of believers to strengthen you, empower you. God has everything that you need to live a on-fire, hungry, powerful, blessed, fruitful 2013 if you will reach out and grab it. But it comes back to the thing that I said at the beginning. Do you want it? God wants it for you. Do you want it? I'm not going to make you come out the front, but I've made the scope big enough that everyone can come out if they want, even you that are doing good, to make a fresh commitment. If you want 2013, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying you're going to have another easy year in 2013. But I'm saying you can have a year where God's hands run tired, where regardless of circumstances, just like it says in Habakkuk, that the Lord enables you to rise on the heights. 
that even though there might be all this thing going on in your world, that you're going to be rising. You're going to be hungry for God. You're not going to be held down by circumstances. You're going to be more than a conqueror in Jesus. So I think we've all got that now. So I wonder if we can just, if that's, why don't we all stand up? And if, if you're in one of those first three, why don't you come out the front? Just stand down here on the altar. If you don't know Jesus, but you would like to, come down as well, because we'll sort that one out for you as well. Might need to shuffle into the middle, guys, so that um, so there's room for all to come down. Come on, right to the middle. Isn't it funny? Jesus said, eat my body and drink my blood. That was weird. If you're new, I'm sorry. He said it. And heaps of people walked away when he said it too. But um, hopefully you don't. It's not as weird as it seems. But that's, I, I just got a fresh revelation of communion when I was preparing this message. I'm like, yeah, we're eating. And it's like about appetite. I thought it was pretty cool. Anyway, um, why don't we close our eyes right across this place here this evening? That is really awesome that there's not one person sitting in their seat. Really cool. That tells me that C3 Tugger is in for an absolute cracker for 2013. So right now, just if you can lift one hand to God and or both, if you can just... I believe for, for an impartation here tonight that this isn't just a religious ceremony or, or ritual, but this is something powerful that's going to be imparted into your spirit. Some of you are getting married. Some of you have planning to going to start preaching for the first time. Some of you are going to Bible college. Some of you are doing all sorts of cool things. And God needs you to be hungry and fresh for this year, for everything that He has. And it's going to be a journey over this month. If you're one of the people who have been eating the wrong sort of stuff, I want you to just close your eyes, lift your hands to God. I'm going to pray for you right now. God, I pray for those people here. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is only mercy and grace for every life right now. The devil will try and tell you that there's no coming back. You've, you've been too bad. You, it's been too bad for you. You've been too bad a person. God says that I sent my son to die on a cross for you. God, I pray for each of those people, God, that your grace and your mercy would flood their heart. God, that you give them right now an impartation of your presence to help them keep going, persevere, to not turn back, to find their satisfaction in, in God and not the things of the world. God, I pray, Father God, for those who have been hurt, those who have had a painful 2012, Father God, that this would be a moment where they got up and ate and that this food would give them strength. Father God, I'm praying for divine strength and grace. God, on every heart that just does whatever they can to just eat of you, Father. God, for those who are standing strong, I pray, Father God, that they would watch and pray that they may not fall into temptation. God, that the spiritual fervor would never be lacking, like it says in Romans. And that 2013 would be another incredible and powerful year. And if there are any who are down the front that are just here because everyone else is, and then not really hungry for you, God, I pray you'd encounter their life right now. You would touch their life. With every eye closed, really quickly, with just keep that communion in your hand. 
I want to give a chance for anyone in here who has not made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. I want to give you that opportunity here tonight. Maybe you've come here for the first time and you're like, wow, this was a little bit different. He was talking about eating Jesus and I don't know, I didn't really get it. But, uh, but, I, but you've heard this, that God loves you, that he has, he has a purpose for you, that he has a plan for you, and that there's new mercy for you today to be forgiven of your sin, to be empowered, to live your best life in 2013. If, or maybe you're here and you've turned away from God. Maybe you've, you've been eating the wrong stuff so much you've totally turned away from God. I want to give you an opportunity here tonight to receive Jesus again. So with every eye closed, I just wonder if that's you here tonight, I just want you to lift your hand up really quickly and I want to pray with you. If that's you, if you need Jesus here tonight, if you need to come back to Jesus, I want you to lift your hand up nice and high really quickly. Once I see you, I will acknowledge you and you can put that down again. I'm just going to give you a few seconds because I think there's people in here that need a fresh touch of God, a fresh commitment. Say, Jesus, I'm following you. Jesus, I'm following you. Jesus, I'm following you. Is there anyone? Just lift your hand up really quickly. I want to give you 30 more seconds. 30 more seconds if you've been away from God. You might say, I've been a, I'm a good person. I don't need Jesus. Well, the Bible never says that getting, being a good person gets you into heaven. If you were to die tonight, where were you going? Are you sure that you're going to be with God in heaven for eternity? You might say, well, my parents grew up in church. Well, the Bible never says that if your parents went to church, then you're a Christian. Is there anyone here tonight? Just slip up your hand really quickly. If that's you, if you need to give your life to Jesus, be connected with Him afresh. Is there anyone? Is there anyone? Really quickly. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Is there anyone else? There's a couple more. There's a couple more. Is there anyone here tonight? You're not joining a church. You're not joining an organization. You're entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible said, God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you. But will have everlasting life. If you believe, call on the name of Jesus here tonight. God will give you forgiveness of sin and everlasting life. But you need to acknowledge Him. I wonder if you need to slip your hand up if that's you here. I only got another few seconds here. Don't miss this opportunity. There's an opportunity here tonight. Just lift your hand up nice and high. Well, I'm going to pray this prayer. I wonder if we can all pray really quickly for our friend who wants to pray this tonight. Let's pray it again. Dear Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you love me and you know me tonight. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Set me free. Wash me clean. Come to live in my heart. All my days, I choose to follow you. Amen. All right, with every eye closed, why don't you just... Uh, what if the band could come up now? Oh, I've got a music. Okay, we've got music. We don't need the band. As this music um, comes on, I wonder if we can just close our eyes and just spend the next two minutes just with God, just you, just saying, God, whatever it is, whichever category that you've fallen into tonight, spend a couple of minutes just praying to God, pouring out your heart before Him, saying, God, 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 stir my hunger. Stir my hunger afresh. God, forgive me. You're the God of filling my life with every other thing except for you. Forgive me, Father God, for straying from what is right. Forgive me, Father, for filling myself up on that which is diminishing my appetite for your presence. God, stir my presence again. Say, God, I feel weak. I feel weak. But God, when I'm weak, you are strong. God, I pray impartation right now.
of hunger, spiritual appetite coming alive, coming alive in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ.